You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 333. Of course, this is an awesome playlist episode with Marco. So, hi, say hi. Hi, everybody. And uh, Marco's got some awesome uh, tracks to play today, and so do I. But also, as I've been mentioning for a few weeks now, that there is a new patron reward. So, if you are in the uh, the $25 club and up, you have the option, if you want to, to come and join Marco and I for uh, an episode. And this is the first gentleman who's taking us up on the offer. Because he's a cool guy. His name is Cameron. But uh, we all know him around these parts as a star apart. How's it going? It's going all right, man. I don't know. (laughs) 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 What should people know? First of all, of course, you do have, uh, you got music that's on Bandcamp. I've played some tracks on the show before. You also happen to be the, uh, what what do I say here? You're you're Florence's uh, roommate. How about that? (laughs) Technically, yeah, I, I am her roommate. I pay half the rent of the apartment that she lives in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is also my girlfriend. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's going on here. So it's a family affair. You know, when uh, you know we haven't done a family show in a while, but in the meantime, Florence isn't here, but we have Cameron instead. Here to film, and in. Cameron is going to be keeping uh, Marco and I company for this uh, this episode. Now, I did say you could also bring a track. Did you bring a track or something you wanted I did, to play? Actually, yeah. Well, you can tell me what it is later. How about that? Okay, <laughs> it'll be like a surprise. <laughs> it's a good track. It just came out too. Who's it by? It's by the one and only. Slack machine. Ooh. And I was just going to make sure that it wasn't. Uh, I didn't want to play something you guys were going to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's a little bit of confusion where, like, I'll tell Marco to bring me some songs, and then he mm-hmm. brings me a track from an artist that I was already going to play in my tracks. And then, uh, right. when what happens yeah, there happens. is that I win. And then Marco's track gets. Uh huh. Whatever you say, hand. Yeah. <laughs> Inside jokes. All right, so how about this? Let's get the show started here and uh, listen to some music, and then we will uh, we'll get to know Cameron. That's what we're going to do today. Cool. Uh, so hopefully you got something interesting to say, because Marco and I have not prepped a single thing. Shit, I should have thought of something. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Right on. Uh, in the meantime, let's listen to this. I always feel like it's cheating when you pick a Cellar Act LA Dream song, but uh, I'm going to play one to start off the show. It's from his album Closer. I think that's the one that just came out. Whenever I say that with Cellar Act LA Dreams, it turns out there's another one that just came out like yesterday. <laughs> but uh, this is the most recent one, according to me. And uh, this is an awesome song called Without You. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, uh, the Kings of the Pattersons, Mr. Chris Dance with the 88, Mr. Mike Shima with the 82, and Mystery Donor. And this is Celerect LA Dreams with Without You. Thank you. 
And that was Without You by Celerect LA Dreams, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Mike Erdahl with the 5666, and in the $50 Club, we got Brandon Decker and Mr. Tim Carlton. And I'm back today. We are chatting with Marco. We are chatting with Cameron, a.k.a. A Star Apart. And so I thought maybe we could take this segment here to get to know Cameron a bit. So what's something people need to know? That uh, they should really be hygienic and clean themselves every day. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> About me, I I, I, uh, I I make music as a star apart. Just, uh, it's stuff that I make when I can't sleep. But my day job, I, I work in uh, the film industry. Cool. I live in L.A., and that's literally all there is to know about me. So when you say uh, the film industry, what's your mm-hmm. function? I am an assistant editor. So tell the people at home what an assistant editor is. Gotcha. Okay, so I work on a TV show. The footage gets shot on set. It gets sent to a daily's house where it gets synced together. So when you shoot a television show, you shoot two separate things. You shoot to the camera, which shoots all the visual stuff, and then audio recorder, which records everything, all the sound. That stuff gets synced together at a daily's house. The daily's house sends it to me... I organize it in our uh, project because everything's done in the computer and uh, I get it ready for the editor and the editor comes in, compares it to her script notes from the script supervisor, puts her edit together and uh, gets going. After after she cuts a scene, I go in, I sound design it to get everything um, sounding great to, to make sure that there's no like gaps in the audio, there's no like words being cut off or anything. And then uh, after, you know, it goes through a ton of cuts over the next few months with the directors, the producers, the studio, the network. And after they get finished, I turn it over to a coloring house who does all the final touches and the pictures and cleanup. And then that goes to mix. And then you see it on TV. I remember a long time ago, I was assistant editor for two weeks on a television show called Canada's Worst Driver. Awesome. <laughs> the premise was they just collected a whole bunch of bad drivers mm-hmm. and then they ran them through like obstacle courses and stuff. Fun. I guess they would end up with a person who was just kept on failing and they were the worst i think <laughs> i had to digitize tapes and i was using avid and the fucking thing yeah. crashed like every like i'd like digitize three tapes it would crash then i'd have to fucking yeah. take the tape and reset the machine and do it again which is one of the reasons why i ended up really preferring final cut like back in the day okay yeah everyone is just like well you know the industry standards avid because final cut yep. can't export blah blah these certain file types or whatever and i'm like right. dude avid crashes every two fucking seconds <laughs> It like it pissed it me off, and then like when we were learning it in school, mm-hmm. it was like, uh, well, you take the Avid, but you know, like the audio and the video isn't synced, and you have to yeah. do some shortcut to lock them together. And I'm like, what? In Final Cut, you would just drag audio and video in, One and they clip. would just be joined to each other. Yep, and it frustrated me. And since I was never working really in the industry for more than those two weeks, mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I like I never appreciated why I should use Avid at all because I just preferred Final Cut. Yeah, yeah, it's it's where I actually loved Final Cut Seven. It was one of the best editing softwares I had ever used, and my my home system was forever a Final Cut system until they phased it out and went to Final Cut Ten. And then Avid, Avid is just it's the industry standard. Literally every production uses it, except for maybe David Fincher. For some reason, he cuts in Premiere. Like, I ended up doing the thing where I transitioned to Final Cut X and just used that. Yeah. Which actually is a really cool program, but I, again, when it first came out, it was kind of really wonky and hard to get used to. garbage when it first came out, but it has come a long way since then. Considering I only bought it once, yeah. and it's yeah. been continually <laughs> updated for like right. however many years since it's been out, and none of those updates were ones you had to pay for, right? which is pretty cool. 
But my understanding is like Premiere looks fairly similar to what Final Cut 7 was. Yeah. And you can even set your keyboard layout to match it. Yeah. It's, there's an option in Premiere that literally has says Final Cut keyboard on it. What do you think about all this, Marco? Uh, it's a little bit out of my uh, range of expertise, Andy. I'm listening, I'm trying to understand, but I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Well, listen. It's, it's software, and it's boring to most people who no, don't it's use not. it. It's cool. What you guys do is pretty fucking cool, all that stuff. Anyway. Well, listen, I tell you what else is cool. Marco playing me a song, so play me something. All right. Yeah, I could play you something, Andy. All right. Well, Allison and Hotel Pools came out with a new album. A couple of powerhouse chill synth or chill wave producers uh, have teamed up together to bring out an awesome new album. Um, it's called Ultrasound. The track I ended up picking a playoff for, the one that stands out to me the most, is Pulse. All right, man, let's do it. And I should say it's brought to you uh, by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the Kroner Club, we got Emil Hampus ML and Glenn Main. All right, and this is Allison and hotel pools with Pulse.
And that was Pulse by Allison and Hotel Pools. A cool pick this week from Marco, and that is uh, a really awesome song. And it, of course, is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We're talking about uh, my semi-sonic friend Jacob Wick and Dinner Dog with the 3456. Dinner Dog is a cool guy, and we're back. And uh, we're chatting with Cameron and Marco, and Cameron's talking about being an assistant editor. You didn't say what show, are you allowed to say what show you're working on? Oh, yeah, I'm working on uh, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds right now. What? Yeah. Get out of here. No way. <laughs> yeah, Dude, totally. that's so fucking cool. I thought you were going to say something like random, obscure, never heard of. I was like, what? <laughs> you mean wow. like Canada's worst driver? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Canada's worst driver. Okay, no. People usually freak out when I told them I worked on Ancient Aliens. What? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I did a season of Ancient Aliens, season six, I think. I would love to see the raw footage of that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's mostly stock footage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched Strange New Worlds, but it's just mm-hmm. it just did the first season, right? Or is it even just still in its first the season? The first season just premiered, yeah. I'm working on the second season right now. I'm actually about to wrap in two weeks. But you were working on another Star Trek before, weren't you? No. What were you before working I on did before? This, I was working on A League of Their Own. Ah, uh, right, okay. Is that Amazon? Amazon, yeah. How was that? Uh, it was fine. <laughs> it was, um, I don't know, it was, it was a long process in... With well, I don't want to get you in trouble. All right, yeah. the point is this: you you're you're a nerd, right? So is this make you excited that you're on Star Trek? That's amazing. Oh my god, yes! It was a lifelong dream, and I, I actually I interviewed with an editor for um, Picard, the new Picard series. You know what? That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, they ended up uh, going with someone who had already worked on the show, which I totally understood. But then uh, the editor, one an editor that I knew, was working on Strange New Worlds, and she needed an assist. And she called me up, and that's how I got on to that. So, how is that show anyway? Like, I, I've heard, uh, I've heard good things. I know, you know, some modern Star Trek can be particularly yeah. divisive uh, amongst right. uh, Star Trek fans. But I, I hear that Strange New Worlds is like the most Star Trekky. I'll say, yes, it's a return to episodic storytelling. The new ones, like uh, Discovery and uh, Picard, are all serial, so they have an overarching story that goes throughout the entire season, whereas Stranger Worlds tells a story in every episode. There are there are through lines that carry on throughout the season, but every show, every episode is a, a story that begins and ends, much like the original series or uh, Voyager or Deep Space Nine or Next Gen. Yeah, that's what I liked about the old shows was that, I mean, I know back then there was no internet and that, and you, you know, you'd miss yeah. episodes, but you could just pick up an episode and it's like, mm-hmm. you haven't really missed anything, you know? Right. I mean, really. I mean, okay, there is some characters that come and go, whatever, and certain mm-hmm. things that happen, but um, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's why we've we got a, good, a really good reception because people love the episodic storytelling. It's what I miss. I mean, it's what makes watching Netflix and all these other things so daunting. Right. It's like whenever I look at it, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I got to fucking... to commit 10 hours to... Yeah. <laughs> just to be caught up. That's why the most things I watch are comedy mm-hmm. because it's easy. Like most comedy shows are like nice digestible 21 minute little stories, you know? Right. So maybe I'll check it out in between watching what what do I have to still watch? I'm watching uh I'm watching a whole bunch of stuff that people seem to be really mad about. So Oh jeez. <laughs> I don't know if I <laughs> like should what? talk about that. Well, I I'm, I'm watching She-Hulk, I'm watching Lord of the Rings. All good. What's what's She-Hulk like? I'm genuinely interested. I mean, I I know I tried to read I just get sick of that everybody arguing about stupid shit online, but I mean, it looks like it might be pretty good. Well, I tell you what, I'll tell you after I play a song. How about you're that? You're gonna fucking say that, and you're gonna say that. <laughs> hey, well, look, that was a very that was such a natural tease. That was perfect. 
All right, I'm going to play a song, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, like Retro Serenade with the 3333, Hugh Hefna in the 2666 Club, and Mr. A Star Apart himself, who's right here hey. in the $25 Club. He's a cool yeah. guy. He's here. Uh... And get used to it. I was, I was going to do the whole thing. I'm like, nope. <laughs> That's all I did. <laughs> um, listen, okay, uh, what, what, what do I have to play? Oh, I want to play this one. Uh, this is a cool track. Oh, this track is fucking awesome. Now, I'm playing this literally because the other day, I don't know how it came across, it was on my Instagram feed, and, and uh, the opening bass line is just so cool, and honestly, sometimes, you know, a song wins me over with the first 10 seconds, and I don't even care where the song goes. Nice. And uh, that's what this is all about. This is Ethereal Heart's Cult with Ultra Violence.
And that was Ultra Violence by Ethereal Hearts Cult. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in $25 Club, like Mr. Alex Ellickson, Blake Peterson, Cargo Cult Luau, and Johnny Five. And I am back with Marco and Cameron. We just learned that Cameron is the assistant editor on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. One of them. There's three different uh, edit teams. Are you the coolest one? I mean, obviously, but... <laughs> All right. No, actually, I'm not, actually. So there's ten episodes in the three teams, and one team gets four episodes, so they're obviously the cooler ones. But are they cool as people, is what I'm saying. Call them out by name. Call them out by name. Actually, they're actually pretty fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all right, so listen. So what do you think of She-Hulk, Andy? Honestly, it's fine. I think it's fun. It's just a cute, silly show. Yeah. Okay, I know I complained about The Last Jedi for two years on this show. I know I did that, (laughs) okay? I'm aware. But there does come a point, I don't know if it's like a maturity thing, where I don't see the value in harshly criticizing stuff that I don't really care about. Sure. And that seems to be a thing that I see a lot in a lot of these circles on, like, YouTube and stuff, where, like, the whole purpose of the audience is just to hate everything. That's what they do. And so when people bitch about things like the TV show, like, Ms. Marvel or, uh, you know, She-Hulk and stuff, it's like... I know you guys don't care about these characters. Like, so who cares if the show sucks? Like, there's people who, like, have these whole things where they were bitching about Batwoman for, like, years. No one cares about Batwoman. I don't care about Batwoman. I bet you people wrote on the Batwoman comic who didn't care about Batwoman. So, like, it doesn't matter. They just need to complain for the sake of complaining. Yeah, their whole identity is tied to hating on things. And, like, I get it if it's something you're passionate about. Sure. But I just don't believe that a lot of these people are passionate about all of these things to the point where you'd be like, oh, the fucking writing in She-Hulk is terrible. I'm like, it just shows a goof. Like, it's a silly show. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm probably not going to watch it ever again. But, like, it's fine to just sort of tune in. That's sort of like the lighter side of the Marvel Universe. And they sort of make jokes about things that, you know, happened before and stuff like that. And it's like, whatever. And I'll be honest... I think Lord of the Rings is okay, too. I know a lot of people are complaining about the lore changes, but I don't know, man. I mean, as a TV show, as far as TV shows go, like, it was very impressive just to watch. I mean, I hope so, because they spent a lot of money on it. <laughs> so, like, it's like... Yeah, I, but a billion dollars. Yeah, so it should look good. My beef isn't so much of the lore, because I'm not a Tolkien right. scholar, and neither is anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, all the people who always bitch and go, like, that's not what happened in the Second Age, according to the fucking appendices. Right. Right, yeah. of the Cimmerillion. I'm like, fuck you, Cimmerillion, my ass. <laughs> I remember I I knew a guy who um, he runs a computer shop actually near me who's this huge Lord of the Rings fan, and like he was mad about the Peter Jackson movies oh, like because he was a true fucking Tolkien guy. So he was all just like fucking annoyed. Like, there was no elves at Helm's Deep, and like he was all mad about all these things, you know? So, you know, for those people, I'm like, fair enough, man. You are fucking, you know, you grew up in the age, you were in the 70s playing D&D with your friends, and you had to read the books because there was no movies. So then like, right. yeah, you're going to notice all these changes. But a lot of people, I don't know, it's weird. It's like I think people sort of overlook it's the same thing they did with Star Wars. People acted like these new Disney trilogies were like, oh, these are the things that completely ruined Star Wars like it had never been ruined before. 
And I'm like, you remember those yeah. prequel movies, right? Like People are obsessed with their nostalgia, and they're way too protective about it. I feel as though this Lord of the Rings show is like the same thing. It's everyone's going like, mm-hmm. oh, be, there's all these quotes about how Peter Jackson's just like, we were never going to like distort Tolkien's vision, you know? And like Peter yep. Jackson was so good, you know, for not changing things around. The Hobbit sucks. <laughs> like, and they changed a ton of shit. And they fucking embellished a ton of shit. Oh, yeah. They full on, like, added a ton of shit just to fucking yeah. extend the runtime. And to it was three nonsense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, those movies are ridiculously drawn out. Yeah. It's like, come on. No, it's foolish. And so, now, that being said, I don't think Lord of the Rings is like the greatest show I've ever seen. It was, but it was just, I was expecting it to be a fucking piece of shit. Oh, Because no. <laughs> I saw the ads and I, and I didn't even really like the ads. Like, I was like, Ooh, there's something weird about this, like, tonally. And I don't like the cast, so I'll say that. I think they all look weird. Right. I think they've cast weird-looking people as elves. Because in the movies, they were all, they're very, like, slender, slim, very effeminate. Fey. Yes. And, like, this show, it's, like, it's almost, like, specifically cast people with square heads <laughs> as elves with these really <laughs> thick hairlines. And to me, they look like elves from Oblivion. From Oblivion. <laughs> in Elder Scrolls Oblivion, because all the characters look fucking crazy as hell in Elder Scrolls. It's yep. Oblivion especially. They, everyone looks weird. You know, and there was all these like kind of shopkeeper elves that had like little square heads and like, you know, the camera would like zoom right in on their face when they're talking mm-hmm. to you. And they all had the same voice. It was all like the same guy. But the point is, they all look like that to me. And so everyone's face in that show frustrates me. Okay. Except maybe like the Hobbit people. They they seem fine. And I'm like, okay, like they, they look okay. And the dwarves look good. The Harfoots. Yeah, the Harfoots are fine. And the dwarves are fine. Mm-hmm. They're like, they look like, okay, that's what I'm expecting them to look like. Um, but everybody else. I get it, man. You're you're racist against elves. It yeah, happens. well. <laughs> <laughs> Just these ones. I like the good ones. Can't stand like the their good faces. <laughs> anyway, listen. Will, Will, I have, I have a whole, I have a whole diatribe to go in about these, uh, these sure. horrible elves stealing our jobs. But before we do that, Marco has a song to play. Oh, is it my turn? It okay. Is. Well, in that case, uh, Vector Seven has an awesome uh, Dachshund album that just came oh, out. Yeah. Been listening to it a fair bit. It's called Beyond Reality. It's available on Bandcamp and all your other streaming services. I had trouble just picking one track off this, Andy, but I, I did end up going with Demolition Drive. All right, man, and I will say it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club, like Mr. Joseph Richards, Ken Juru, and Neverman. And this is Vector 7 with Demolition Drive.
And that was Demolition Drive by Vector7. Another awesome pick from Marco this week, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, like Mr. Restless Knights, Mr. Robot Conglomerate, Sir Micathy, and your friendly neighborhood raccoon Petey. And I am back with Cameron and Marco. We're talking about Lord of the Rings, the show. So this is one of those things, too, though. I'm not dismissing people's complaints. I just feel like some people are complaining about things I know they don't care about. But I understand if you're a passionate Lord of the Rings fan that, you know, if they're all upset because Gladriel's not supposed to be a warrior like okay like i get it you know i'm a big doctor who fan and i don't i haven't liked the show for like eight years so like i understand what it's like if you're passionate about the thing yeah i guess my thesis is all of our favorite franchises have been ruined before and so like there's nothing new about what's going on yeah i never i never understood people anger about a franchise being changed in some way i I remember when um the all-female ghostbusters came out and people were raging about it and like they're ruining Ghostbusters, and I'm like, it's not like they went back to the '80s and destroyed the original films that Ivan Reitman made. Like nothing happened. <laughs> you can still enjoy those films. Well, also, I mean, the irony is too. This scene, like the synthwave scene, is built on nostalgia, and one mm-hmm. of the core principles of the synthwave scene, and even in my heart, is all the best movies came out in the '80s and the '90s. Yeah. Like that's like when the best movies were. So it's not like any of these movies were ever going to transplant any of my favorite movies anyways. Like, I still prefer 80s action movies to anything that comes out now. <laughs> like, yeah, there's the occasional cool, like, John Wick or The Raid or whatever. But, like, apart from those sort of examples, I still will always prefer to put in, like, a fucking Commando or Predator or something in the machine than, like, most new films that come out. And the same goes for, like, a lot of these sequels and reboots. When everyone complains, it's like... Well, you know, Robo, you're never going to top RoboCop. Like, they've made a whole bunch of movies and shows, and they're all bad compared to the first movie. And Lord of the Rings has been tarnished already by the fucking Hobbit trilogy. I mean, you can go back and watch that fucking whack Ralph Bakshi version where like the last half is all just weird rotoscope <laughs> fucking silhouettes because like they ran out of money like sure. go nuts there it's like on one hand I understand the outrage with the nerds and at the same time it's like how much can you complain before you gotta just pick a different hobby or something because yeah. hating stuff all day after a while gets really tiring exhausting it ages you pretty badly too yeah they're all- <laughs> I, I want to turn into these channels in like a year and they're all just like these fucking withered husks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta look like you ever seen that movie life force yes yes of course no oh dude life force there's a uh, this alien that like sucks out people's like life force energy sweet and it turns them into this weird puppet like they've got like a puppet man because like once he gets all withered it's like a skeletal thing and it like jumps off the table and it's like <laughs> and it's like a puppet amazing and it has an actress who has the most perfect boobs you've ever seen i was hoping <laughs> you were going to mention that andy because i was if you weren't yeah <laughs> No, this is important to the cinematic experience. Well, no, it's one of those things I wouldn't bring up if it wasn't notable. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. And, like, the thing is, honestly, like, I don't even like nude scenes or sex scenes in movies. Like, they're never, like, the best part of any movie. They're just sort of there. It's like, you know, when you watch, like, old action movies and stuff, there's always, like, a superfluous... And then they're at the fucking strippers. And, like, that's never my favorite part. No, it's always the uncomfortable part. Because you're watching it with somebody else and you're like... Yeah. I'm not going to get a boner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I always found it interesting. There's all these weird things in movies we take for granted, like... Well, if you watch this type of movie, it's got to come with this. Oh, sure. For example, like, all R-rated comedies have a gross-out scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, 
Why? Why is it that once you make an R-rated comedy, it's like, well, there's got to be a scene where people vomit all over the place or shit on themselves. like And some tits somewhere. Yeah, and it's like, I never understood because to me, boobs are the opposite. Like, a naked lady to me is the opposite of funny. Right. <laughs> You know, because my brain sort of does like a different thing when I see a naked lady. It's like the, the jokes are done, you know? Yeah. And I've always felt that way about the R-rated comedy, too. It's like sometimes there are some movies I really like, and then there's just that scene at... And then here's the scene where they're fucking throwing up and slipping on it. And it's like, why? Uh, I did an R-rated... I guess it's a com- more like a dramedy back in 2005 with Bobcat Goldthwait. What was it called? Sleeping Dogs Lie. Did they vomit? Uh, no vomit. Honestly, it's probably all the curse words. Well, and the chick blows a dog. <laughs> but you don't actually see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is the basis for the entire film, though. Okay. Well, then, you know, if, if that's the catalyst, then, you know. You- it's, yeah. It's the call to adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Film school talk. All right. Well, look, uh, I'm going to play a song now. (laughs) So I apologize to uh, Beeler, uh, B-I-H-L-E-R. That's how you spell that. And I apologize to you that we are segueing into your song after talking about somebody blowing a dog. And I should say that this song is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Slade in the $25 Club. Then we got Forged in Neon with the $20.49 and Joshua Winter with the $20. And this is Beeler with Not Quite Right.
And that was Not Quite Right by Beeler. And that was a cool song brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Waylon Caskey Geospatial with the 1988 and the Buchelman Sisters in the 1985 Club. We're talking about Rachel and Sarah. And I'm back here with Marco and Cameron talking about movies and dogs. Marco. <laughs> yes, man. What happened to you since uh, last week? Now, fuck all, really. I've been working a lot, but I got a three-day weekend and I'm pretty bloody excited. I got all sorts of shit lined up cool stuff to do i mean a bit of relaxing too but uh not a hell of a lot really to be honest i haven't even watched any movies what do you have lined up that's cool uh i'm gonna go to alice cooper concert in Binghamton, yeah. so that's gonna be pretty cool i really i grew up loving his music so i really like his old stuff so awesome gonna go see that and then we go, they got a light show in town about 40 minutes away in binghamton they got this we went to it like three or four years ago they do this really cool shit where they project all these lights and sounds all over these old historic buildings and it's actually really good it, it looks awesome so we're excited to go do do that they have like stalls and vendors and shit like that all sorts of food and and there's a lot of people and now that the covid shit's kind of finally died down and people are out and about doing stuff um, i'm really looking forward to it i feel like i talked to you about this light show before years ago probably like four years ago yeah yeah yeah, yeah three four years ago uh, it would have been three years ago i think yeah so they're doing it again so it should be pretty exciting, mate. Hopefully the weather's good, you know, because it's you're outside and shit. So yeah, are you gonna are you gonna light show and Alice Cooper the same day or are these separate nights? No, they're separate days. They're in the same week, but they're separate days. Yeah, so that is exciting. Yeah, I'll send you some uh, videos, Andy, so you could be jealous. Yeah, that's what I like to see. I'll send you some videos <laughs> of uh oh the poutine I ate. Yeah, that would be good actually. Make me hungry, why don't you? That's the only thing of of import that I that I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Did, did anything else interesting happen? Nothing. I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch anything. Well, you know what? You will be watching eventually. You will be watching the New York Ripper. I mean, that's all right. But uh, we'll, well, we'll, I watched. We'll watch I did the highlight reel, which is all the kills. That's not good enough. And it was not uh, good enough. Andy. It was very disturbing. So I guess I've never really discussed this with you. I actually am really disturbed by old horror movies. Why? In order to do the special effects, right, of old horror films, mm-hmm. um, the actors have to stand still. Right? Because usually they're like hooked up to some sort of appliance or something for the blood to come out or the guts to fall out or whatever. Yes. So psychologically, I've always been really bothered at the idea of someone just sort of standing there letting themselves be murdered. And old horror films, that's all it is, right? Like a killer will walk up and just sort of stick a knife in a person and the person will just sort of stand there and scream Mm -hmm. while a person like keeps on sticking the knife in them and I don't like that (laughs) (laughs) like it's always bothered me because I'm just like run away like it just pisses me off that they just sort of stand there and like all those New York Ripper kills was all that like someone just will just like kind of just sit there while this dude like fucking slices their face up I'm just like roll over or something that's the thing in the 80s when you know your demise is inevitable you just accept it I mean that's you know there's no use in fighting it. That's what we did. There it is. <laughs> um, no, they did that a lot in the zombie movies too because back in those days, all the zombie movies, they were slow. They walked really fucking slow and you'd get that all the time. The lady be up against the wall and she's screaming and it takes like 30 seconds for the zombie to come over and bite her but she's just stand there the whole time. Yeah, zombie these days are way too fast. I know, they're really freaky. I have no problem with gore. 
I don't like suffering. You don't like suffering? Yeah, so I don't mind... So, like, when you watch, like, an Evil Dead or something, it's, like, really over-the-top bloody and stuff, but, like, people's heads explode. And, like, I have no problem with a head explosion because I'm like, oh, yeah, the person's <laughs> dead, right? So it can be the most fucking vicious head explosion you've ever seen. I'm like, well, the guy's dead. Like, so it's over. But, like, you know, most of the old horror films, like, a person just stands there and the killer walks up and fucking cuts their hand off and then the person just stands there holding their wrist going like, ah! as like blood shoots out and you just think if that happened to me I would be like trying to run away like trying to escape even if I didn't have the hand anymore like I would still be trying to leave and so it, it, I don't know there's just something that frustrates me about it and that's why I'm not super into old horror films like I'm interested in the special effects of it mm-hmm. like I like practical effects and so I watch for that but I don't know it's weird it's just a personal quirk of mine fair enough so deal with it <laughs> yep. fair enough you're still gonna watch that movie though okay <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Andy, but he's still watching it. Well, the thing is, I've watched all the gross parts, so now it can only be uphill from here if it's all just full of wacky Dude, dialogue. the dialogue is fucking hilarious. You're going to love what it. What is I mean, this movie? I've never heard of it. It's called The New York Ripper, and it's a real classic. I mean, I only got to watch it for the first time last year when I told people I watched it. They go, what? That's like one of my favorites. How have you not watched it before? Yeah. But, dude, the dialogue is so fucking funny. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many times we had to rewind it because I'm missing shit because we just, just laughing too laughing. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. That's awesome. And and just the, the plot, just the ending as well. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, it's really out there. <laughs> you need to see it too, man. Trust me. Yeah, it's, I'll, it's I'll entertaining. Check it out. Entertaining. The New York Ripper. Yeah. I feel weird about someone saying that's their favorite movie. You feel weird about that? That's a weird favorite movie, I think. Well, I don't know if anybody's actually said that's their favorite movie, but it's like one of their favorites or maybe their favorite I mean, it is movie. literally just a movie about like a sleazy fucking movie about a guy running around <laughs> murdering women in really, yeah, really he, awful ways. Like that's He always what... quacks. Like he's like, quack, quack, quack. It's like, I remember the first time I heard what? it, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. The first time I heard it, I was like, what the fuck? Is that like just... Somebody dubbed it over and it's fucking with me. I'm like, no, that's right. really the movie. That's pretty bloody story. Yeah, it's pretty out there, dude. Someone dubbed this over and is fucking with me. Yeah, well, I was pretty high at the time. I thought, you know, I mean... <laughs> I love the idea that someone's fucking with you specifically, like you downloaded a torrent and just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to fuck with this Marco. And like, <laughs> like the old days of downloading Kazaa music and you'd get like 30 seconds into it and then it'd be a fucking loud ass sine wave. Right. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. My, my main thing was always fucking Duran Duran because I was trying to download Depeche Mode. <laughs> yeah. And they would always give me Duran Duran tracks labeled Depeche Mode. I'm like, fuck right. you. <laughs> to the air, I guess, because I had no one else to talk to. Um, Marco. Yes, man. Play me a song. Is it my turn? I thought it was your... All right, I guess it's my turn then. I won't argue with that. All right, I got a new song out here. It actually hasn't really officially been released yet. It is going to come out in a compilation vinyl, but that's coming up in a couple of months. But for now, here's a feature track on it that's really fucking good. A bit of a disco vibe to this one. High energy or whatever you want to call it. It's by Kiko and Endrick Schroeder, and it's called Mezzanotti. All right, and it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Okay, we're talking about Zach with a 1980, and we got Gene Creamer, Private Eye, Rower, Honeybeard, Mads Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Salia Lane. And this is Kiko and Endrick Schroeder with Mezzanote. Is that how you say that? It is now. Mezzanotte. It's got to be Italian. It's always an E on the end. Mezzanotte. I'm actually not too bad with Italian. It's French that I struggle with. Everybody knows that. The French is it's ridiculously hard to pronounce the words. Yeah. <laughs> it's poutine. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. 
right, and that was Kiko and Endrick Schroeder with Mezzanotte. And that was a cool song. Another awesome pick from Marco this week because we're doing a playlist show, but we have a special guest, of course, Cameron, a.k.a. A Star Apart. Hello. <laughs> yeah, man, we're talking about uh, movies and stuff like this. Hey, you listen to the show, right? Yeah. I do. This is going to be one of the features of having people come on the show who actually like listen yeah. to the show. Was there ever a thing where you're like listening and going like, oh, I got to give them a piece of my mind. I don't agree with this. You know, like uh, some sort of feedback. Like, I don't like what they're saying or or I agree with what they're saying. Actually, I, I'm extremely happy with the uh, the format change because uh, the three, almost four hour shows, I just I couldn't get through. All right. Well, that's good to know. I like I like feedback. That's good feedback. Now that they're like two hours, it, it's fucking perfect. For me. Nice. Ultimately, it works better for me, too, because yeah. one of the things that always slowed down production was just like, I would finish the edit with the guest, mm-hmm. and then I would get it approved, but then I couldn't record the other half of the show, and so right. sometimes I would I would literally have a finished, <laughs> technically a finished episode that I could release, right. and it was really frustrating me that I was like putting out episodes every like nine to ten days instead of every week when I, I mm-hmm. could have, you know? So, hey man, if it works for Cameron, it works for me. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it this way. Plus, it's a little more regular, like you're saying. Yeah, it's important to keep regular. Yes, eat as much um, fiber as you can. That's right. What's the What's the drink? Fucking uh, Metamucil? Metamucil? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> what's the drink? Do they have Metamucil in Australia? <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Is it called yeah. Metamucil or is it called like fucking like Hungry Jack's powder or something? Well, there's different brands, but I think Metamucil's the fucking ingredient or what, isn't it? Or... I, I have no idea. It's, it's, but no, it's definitely around. I've never really taken it, but it's around. It's, yeah. it's, it's loaded with pure musil. That's the active <laughs> ingredient. <laughs> uh, Cameron, you were going to say something. I was just curious. I, I wondered how Marco ended up uh, over here. Oh, well, that's a long story. I like to talk about this. Andy's probably sick of hearing it, but... Uh, mm. Well, I'm curious. It's actually through the music, through Synthwave, really. Basically, I got into the scene. I got really heavily involved. I never made mm. any music, but I just loved the shit, and I always did what I could to promote it, and I don't yeah. know, just be part of it. Basically, I met my wife, my now wife, through the scene, just through a Facebook group. Awesome. We just got chatting, and, you know, both weren't looking for anything. It's just like, oh, wow, you like all the same shit I do. And then I came to see her in New York, and... And we really hit it off, and uh, I moved here. Yeah, that was like four years ago, 2018. So that's awesome. The music uh, has been incredible for me. It's just really changed my life. I mean, people say that, but it really has for me. So. No, but yeah, I mean, it changed your uh, hemispheres. Yeah, that too. It's pretty crazy up here. I mean, uh, I, I, I like it. I get along with Americans pretty well. We have a kind of the same sense of humor. Sure. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been really good for me. So that's how I ended up in this crazy place. Awesome. <laughs> Still run into any bogans up here, do you? Nah, not too many, mate. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, thankfully I don't actually know. Right. <laughs> that's one thing I don't miss. <laughs> yeah, isn't that cute? I like cute stories like that. You know, when people get together in the scene. I bet Florence at a perturbator show. See, there you go. Oh, there you go. See. Yeah. So that's that's exciting. That's awesome. We know Florence. That's true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How is she doing, anyways? Is she hiding in the other room? What's going on? I don't know, actually. Oh, there she is. Hi, she's holding my cat. That's a euphemism. We're both very hungry. You guys should probably eat food. Waiting for my grip up. Sorry, I heard my name and I was like... Florence's ears were burning. 
that's Florence's little cameo in the background. There it is. <laughs> that's just for the fans of the family show. Sure. In case they're they're missing the voice of Florence, there it is. She's uh, in the background holding a cat. Well, look, listen, we got to hear some music. I actually, uh, Cameron, I said, why don't you bring a song to play and we can add to the playlist? So how about you uh, You pull that and out? I did. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm bringing to the table a song by my friend Slack Machine. What are we listening to today by Mr. Slack Machine, a.k.a. Brad? People also know his work as a videographer and music video director. He's a fantastic music video director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Directed a couple of Ollie Ride. Yeah. I think he was there for that one where Ollie Ride got, like, plowed into by that truck. The car accident, yeah. Yeah. Wrecked a Classic. Cadillac for that one. Yeah. All right, well, let's listen to it. Snake Scale. Snake Scale. All right, man, let's do it. This is Slack Machine with Snake Scale.
And that was Snake Scale by Slack Machine. Ooh, I should have said that. That was brought to me by, brought to me, brought to you by the awesome uh, supporters of Beyond Synth in the $10 Club. We're talking about uh, Fraser Davidson and Albion Algorithm and Andrew Bennon and Barry 007 and Energon Cubes and Jacob Pringle. And I'm back with Marco and Cameron, a.k.a. a star apart. What were we talking about? Were we having a good conversation? I forget. Um, I think we're talking about nudity in films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's your favorite <laughs> nude scene, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's been some trademark ones, I guess. The one from, uh, what was that fucking movie? The Sharon Stone one where she crosses a leg. That's going to be the most... Uh, you know I've never one. watched that movie? You Wait, haven't? Is that Indecent Proposal or is that... Um... No, I think that's Basic Instinct or... So, yeah. yeah, Basic Instinct, yeah. yeah. Let's see here. Well, Erica Aleniak. Under Siege, mm-hmm. of course, yes. She's a very pretty lady. Uh, what else? Is this, uh, is this a good conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to think of one. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. I was meant to be a joke. I apologize to my female listeners. Well, yeah, okay. Then I'm going to say a history of violence with Viggo Mortensen. Oh, when he like, fights say, with his dank yes. out? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. That scene. No, honestly, it is a pretty fucking awesome scene. It is, yeah. Yeah, there's, see, that's what I mean. There's plenty of male scenes. Or Easter Promises, actually, I think. Was is it Easter Promises? I East, get those Eastern two Promises, mixed yeah. up all the time, well, yeah, too. Same director, know, right? same era. Yeah, yeah. kind of same feel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what about Forgetting Sarah Marshall? You've got a full <laughs> fucking new, just <laughs> random shot, and that is pretty iconic. It's so Come goddamn on. funny. Right? Uh, that movie's so yeah. good. Oh, you know which one I always liked? I'm I'm back on the female nudity. Is in Commando. <laughs> you know when uh, when Arnold is fighting Bill Duke at the motel, and then they come like smashing oh, yeah. through the door, and there's just like this goofy couple that are just like naked on the bed. <laughs> the dude is hilarious looking. He's got like this kind of curly hair, and he's like this goofy dude. And the chick has like these giant boobs, yeah. and uh, that's the film Commando. Isn't that like they're filming a? A porn movie or something in there, or there's something weird going on. No, no, it's. I think it's they just barge in on a couple who are having sex in just like just full lights. Mm. Like it's not like romantic lighting or anything. Like just like all the all the lights are on, and then uh, (laughs) and then uh, Arnold uppercuts Bill Duke onto a. Is it a table leg or a chair leg? And then he gets impaled on it. I think it's a table leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shitty way to go. Green berets for breakfast. And right yeah. now I'm very hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the Such a weird sleep. The edited for TV one, they sort of yeah. cut away so you never really knew why he died because in the 80s they were so rigid about what they would censor in the R-rated movies and so like well besides the main swear words, they would even like edit like people said like jerk and ass and stuff <laughs> and they would edit away from the violence so you'd never see any squibs and I think in that scene he gets the the chair leg through him, but they didn't show it so it's like he just got punched onto the floor and was dead and we're just like why is he dead like that was the best part about watching a movie on tbs in the 90s oh tbs those dubs are beautiful uh, they're amazing i i've said this before but i'll say it again if i could go back in time and have a job <laughs> it would be censoring movies for tbs because yeah. <laughs> to me they must have been and i hope they were it will disappoint me if they weren't having a lot of fun because I'm sure, dude. W- when they just put their own voice over top of fucking Bruce Willis yep. in Die Hard Two, like <laughs> they had to have been laughing their heads off. Like the person, I want to meet the person who said "Yippee ki Mr. Falcon." Like I need to meet that guy <laughs> because that guy is a hero. Yeah, Yippee ki Mr. Falcon. The genius, like Mr. it's, Falcon. you know, it's so stupid. <laughs> 
but it's like just transcends into like it's just amazing yeah and the impression's terrible it doesn't match up the lips like it's fuck it, that that must have been so funny like it just yeah oh my god or this is what happens when you find a stranger in the alps this is what happens larry you see what happens larry you see what happens when you find a stranger in the alps this is what happens you see what happens larry this is what happens when you feed him Scrambled eggs. Like it has nothing to do with the scene that's happened at the Big Lebowski. Four of my favorites. I mean, Die Hard 2 is the best. Total Recall had some great ones. It sort of became less fun when the technology got better. Yeah. And at this point, I wasn't watching movies on TBS anymore, but they could literally like digitally put on like a bra on like a lady's boobs and stuff. Right. And once it got to that point, it was like, well, this isn't fun anymore. Like, it's a lot more fun when they just take random words from another part of the movie and just sort of paste it over top of... <laughs> yeah, because in, in Die Hard 2, Colonel Sanders... Or not Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you part of that movie. You are not editing that out. Come on. <laughs> what the fuck's the... Colonel Stewart. Oh, my God. <laughs> Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. uh, that's great. I'm glad. He made a great cameo in that movie, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing chicken all over that airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, I wish that was a real thing. Uh, okay, listen. Let's listen to some music. Oh, come on. Uh, whose turn is it? It's my turn. <laughs> Your turn, yeah. All right. Well, I want to listen to this one from Avro. This is a cool one. Some synth pop tunes brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 club like John Masari, Knight of Ducks, Kudzost. Oh, and speaking of John Masari, they did this announcement that there's going to be a, um, a Killer Clowns from Outer Space game. Killer Clowns guy, yeah. And I think he uh, he worked on that, too, awesome. so i got to talk to him about that sometime. And then there's Matthew Lister, Monkey Magics, Poly Digital, and Pudnuts, and this. This is Avro with Promise Notes.
And that was Promise Notes by Avro from the album Futro Activism. I keep on looking at that word, trying to figure out how to say it. Fut- future, no, Future Troactivism. Future Troactivism. That's a hard word to say, Avro. It's not futro, is it? No, it's, no it's future. Is it all one word? It's all one word. Future Tro activism oh. together okay it's a difficult word to say but the point is it's a cool song and it was brought to you by uh, my awesome patreon supporters in the ten dollar club we are talking about rama branch run the skyway tristan waits watch clark willow gary heather and fuzzy saber and i'm back here with marco and cameron and we are just talking about movies and all sorts of things so cameron mm-hmm. do you work all year that's the goal. <laughs> it doesn't usually happen. You know, I work freelance, um, so it's essentially when I can get a gig. I have been, though, for the last couple of years. Because I've got lots of friends who are, like, in production, but in different mm-hmm. capacities. Production's a different beast, because they do a lot more gigs per year than, than post-production does. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got uh, two friends who work in VFX, and so they're on yeah. sort of different shows. And in the Toronto area, there's a lot of different sci-fi shit going on. That's where our show shoots. It's my understanding that Paramount like rented out one of the studios like exclusively yeah. for their Star Trek shows and so like they had all these like studios built in Toronto a few years ago and Paramount just rents one of them like full time. They have a full they've got an AR wall that we shoot on. Those things are cool. So awesome. Like he, we we have shots that are just dailies from the camera and it's there's full on set extensions that are just amazing like backgrounds like alien worlds behind the cast and it's like we don't have to do any vfx for him it's already ready it's so cool i wonder though because they capture the camera motion Mm -hmm. and move with the camera so that the background there's different types of arrow walls but yeah but there are some that do that yeah i guess i'm i'm thinking of the boba fett one or the the mandalorian one the fucking the the what's it called again the round the room the the, yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the whole round. The, I, I don't. I don't actually know the name of it. Uh, it's called the fucking the the fuck you. Why do I forget? It is this? called the fuck you. Yeah, that's what they call. It. That's <laughs> the, what John the, Favreau calls it. Yeah, it's it's called the volume. Volume. Yeah, not the round, not the room. The volume. Yeah, because it actually moves with the camera's movements to show the parallax. Right, and so um, I wonder. If that's really disorienting for the actors. I always wondered that, too. I assume it would be. Yeah, because if I was just standing still, but the background the terrain's is fucking moving around you. rolling around me, I feel like it would make me dizzy. I think maybe it probably doesn't move enough to mess with them. Maybe. Hopefully. Hmm. And also, it is behind them, so they're, they're probably not looking at it. Let's get Pedro Pascal's stunt double on the phone, <laughs> since he's probably never actually filmed in there. <laughs> so, whatever, whatever, dude, where's the armor? The real star of the show. Is it not him? I always thought it was him in the armor. I guess not. No, hell no. <laughs> like, that's a voiceover gig voice. for that dude. Oh, man, that's money in the bank right there. That's why every time there's ever any rumors where they're all like, you know, Pedro Pascal fucking hates working on The Mandalorian. I'm like, good. If that means that he never takes his mask off, <laughs> then perfect. Like, I want him to hate that show. Like, I want him to not want to go to work. That show's so good. Yeah, and it's good and because he keeps his fucking helmet on. Like, that's the right. thing. <laughs> Boba, like Boba Fett, they fucked the character, and he's always got his stupid helmet off. It's like just so tactically stupid. Boba Fett was two different shows. Yes, it was. The Boba Fett stuff was so bad, but also 
like he would go into like enemy territory and take his helmet off. It was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, like, the smart thing to do. <laughs> people are going to shoot your head. Like you're exposing it. That's just how awesome he was. I guess. Andy. Considering like in the finale, their fucking grand plan was to stand in the center of town and just get <laughs> shot at. Like that was the plan. Yeah. Anyway, the point is this. Marco. Yes, man. Play me a song, dude. All right, I got a new one here from Vocon. I don't know. I guess my playlist is a little um, chill synth heavy this week, you could say. There's a lot of good chill synth out at the moment. The one I picked is from Vocon. It's called Lyra with Cerulean. Awesome. And it is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Jean-Christophe Leconte, IP68, Jonathan Harden, Non-Solo Inglese, and a Binkley. And we'll throw in a River Avenue in there too. Why not? And I hope you dig this. This is Vocon with the track Lyra with Cerulean.
And that was Lyra with Cerulean by Vocon. And that was another awesome pick from Marco this week, picking lots of cool songs. And I am back with Marco and Cameron, a.k.a. A Star Apart. So why'd you call yourself A Star Apart? Because uh, I didn't like my old name. What was your old name? Nep290. It was, um, I, I bought a MIDI keyboard because I couldn't sleep, and I was just started fucking around making songs, and I put out two songs as Nep290, and I was like, this is a really dumb fucking name, so. Uh, why can't you sleep? I have insomnia problems. Now, are you, do you drink lots of caffeine? I drink no caffeine, actually. Really? Do you snort cocaine? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have insomnia sometimes really fucking bad too. I mean, I don't think yeah. it's as bad as it used to be, but the problem with me is when I can't sleep, I just watch stupid shit on YouTube instead of doing something productive. At least you've turned it into something cool and creative, you know, I guess. Yeah, it was that or lay in my bed, stare at the ceiling for six hours. Yeah, and- I do that a lot too. Whenever I would have insomnia, but it was usually linked to... I drank caffeine too late. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had a tea at like 10, like like I've done today. <laughs> it's like I have a tea at 10 p.m. before we start recording. And then I would be sort of like tossing and turning. And then what I would try and do is do chores. Because sometimes even the thought of doing a chore would then put me to sleep because of the idea of, well, I don't want to get up and do a chore. You know what I mean? <laughs> it helps if you, if you can do something mindless. Yeah. I have watched Star Trek The Next Generation the entire show probably eight or nine times so i know every line of the show and i used to go to bed i put it on and it would the monotony of it because i've seen it so many times i know every line of it would put me to sleep so if you do something like that it can help it is good to do something productive mm-hmm. there's always a stack of dishes to do and uh i'll just go fine fuck i'll do some dishes and then usually mm-hmm. like just doing a chore will put me to sleep and at least i'll feel good that like something was accomplished yeah Writing music didn't help my insomnia. It made it worse, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Because I would get onto a melody, I'd be like, wow, it's really fucking cool. I could do this to it. When I used to get high, (laughs) but we're talking like in the early 2000s, because I used to make music with Fruity Loops. Yeah. Or uh, FL Studio now. As it's now, no. Sure. And this is why I sort of can, uh, where I resonate with artists a bit, like musicians, especially making electronic music, because I know that feeling of making a loop, getting high, and then just sitting and listening to the loop you made for like fucking two hours yeah. <laughs> and you're just sitting there and it's like looping and looping and like you want to add something but nothing really goes with it and you just end up just playing this part over and over again. Now you're too high. Mm. Yeah, and that was one of the things about being high is it made what I was making seem a lot cooler than it was. When I would get stoned, I would be like really into what I was doing. Like, this is fucking cool, you know? And then when I listen to some of it now, I'm like, wow, like I've, what, what the fuck? Like sometimes some of it's like, <laughs> some of it's just really basic. Some of it was just bad and weird. Right. And, but for some reason, when I was like in the zone, I was like, this is awesome. And yeah. Drugs. Yeah, I get that too. I'll, I'll work on a file for a night and I'll come back the next day. I'm like, oh man, I was working on that. I should check it out. And it's just like, what the fuck was I thinking? Just delete it right away. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought to delete the stuff, so I just have all these folders. Yeah. Like, I know if it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. I'm just like, I I already got too many song potential files that I'm like, I I don't need to clutter it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hard for me because I'm not a musician. Like, I can't play any instruments. I have a guitar in my fucking studio 
that I look at and wish I could play. You do YouTube tutorials, man. I've done a lot of it, and I, I've, I, you know, I can play some chords here and there, but I'm just such an editor at heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That playing a note and then editing the shit out of it is what's second nature to me. Yeah, I mean, that is the thing. Once you're comfortable in a certain domain, like mm-hmm. for me, when I edit this show, like I edit this show with Final Cut. Right. I know it's like weird to people because like when they're making podcasts and they're like doing it in like actual audio editing programs, but for me, it's right. like... This is the program I've used for so many years. Like, I know all the shortcuts. I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it would be interesting to even put together a song in Final Cut. Oh, like you that would make be the stems yeah. and slide it around. Because that's the thing. People get so hung up on all the new tech and the new programs mm-hmm. and the new plugins and all this. And you always got to take a step back and go, hey, man, people were making some pretty cool electronic music yeah. when none of these plugins existed and with old fucking weird programs. There's still some people in the scene I know that do that. Like, they make some really awesome music, and you find out what program they're using, and they're just like, I'm using fucking yeah. Sony Laser thing, which was a fucking demo disc that came in a box of cereal in, like, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use um, I use Reason, and uh, it's pretty famous for its DAW being pretty lacking, but it has a, um, a virtual rack that you can literally take the instrument, flip it around, and rewire it. <laughs> and it's really powerful. It has a lot of good potential. But then again... My music doesn't sell, so. (laughs) (laughs) I also don't make my music to sell it either. I I honestly don't care. It's just something I do when I can't sleep. No, I get it. I think it's the best attitude to have. I mean, it's hard to see, like, because I know it, you know, people get upset and stuff. It's like Mm -hmm. so much effort into their album and then it doesn't sell and then they're just really frustrated and they, they think it's going to be the next big thing and so many people do it. It's like, man, it's the age of the internet. Like, everybody's making music. What? Yeah. They're, they're, and there's so many subgenres out there now that, that the mm-hmm. music has become so um, compartmentalized mm-hmm. that uh, you're just not going to have as many fans as you did in 1994. Yeah. But at least, I mean, the the, the nice thing is, uh, as Marco is saying, sort of like when you have that kind of attitude, yeah. it is a lot more pleasant than those artists who go onto Twitter to complain. To bitch why they're not famous. Yeah, because whenever you see <laughs> those, it's like so... Uh, it's so cringe, guys. Yeah. But, you know, right. like, w- whenever I see someone doing that where they're just, like, complaining that their stuff isn't selling, they're co- it's just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. it's already, like, a niche scene. It's tough, especially when there's, like, thousands of artists. Yeah. <laughs> like, I- I've got a database, and I don't even remember yeah, half Yeah, half the scene is they are artists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look, mm-hmm. well, whose turn is it? Is it yours or my turn? Fuck if I know. Uh, no, you played that Volcon track, so it's my turn. Okay. All right, so then I got a cool one here from Coda Chrome Cowboy, and it's uh, brought to you by my awesome. Well, let's uh, let's thank the PayPal's. How about that? We got some cool PayPal's here, like Ross Bruce, the king of the PayPal's, the Silver Bruce, and then there's Alex Lightspeed and Aka and Brian West. You guys are all awesome. These are the kings of the PayPal's. I hope you dig this song. This is a uh, Coda Chrome Cowboy with page fault in non-paged area.
All right, and that was Page Fault in Non-Paged Area by Kodachrome Cowboy from the album Experiment Lab. And uh, and that's a cool song brought to you by my awesome PayPals like Austin Whetstone and Jimmy Groon, the Ross Conian and Brandon Morin. And I'm back with Marco and Cameron. Um, I just realized something. I got to do a few quick birthday shout outs. No, you better do it before you forget. I know. The problem is now the way that we record this show, I get confused as to when they're when they're releasing. And so I'm just like, which birthdays do I shout out here? So <laughs> I'm just going to shout out a whole bunch and see what happens. Uh, what, 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 what's going to happen? <laughs> all right. So uh, on September, the, these are all belated, by the way. Okay. On uh, on September the 12th, which was maybe last week, depending on when this airs, uh, a very happy birthday to Rama Branch. That's right. Rama Branch is a cool guy. And I hope you had a happy birthday, Rama Branch, on September the 12th, because you're cool. And then on the 15th, which was three days later, and I'm also assuming still last week, we got Ross Bruce. We just mentioned him. He's uh, he's in the, the PayPal club. Ross Bruce. The Silver Bruce. That's right. And then, uh, oh, here's one. On September the 18th. Now, is this episode going to be out on September the 18th, Marco? No. Whose birthday's on September the 18th that you know? Uh, I don't know. Hey, what's about that next song you want to play? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How old are you, Marco, even though we're recording this a few weeks earlier? Because, of course, September the 18th. I mean, um... Is Marco's birthday. Yeah, big deal. I'm 44, mate. I'm getting bloody old. You old bastard. Yeah, that's me. Well... That's all. Yeah, my birthday's on the 6th of next month. Oh, nice. I've got you on my list. Oh, nice. So, okay. That's yeah. right. October Why, 6th. you ain't going to mention him? No, no. I mean, because what it's the a, hell? It's a... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because October the Andy. 6th will be the, the next show. October the okay. 6th is actually a really popular birthday in Beyond Synth Town. There's three people. Which is weird. Yeah, with the October the 6th birthday. You know, it's a city in Egypt. Wait, what is? October 6th. There's, there's a city in Egypt called October 6th. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were about to pull the fucking denial joke or whatever. I was like, no, no, where's no, this no, going? No, I'm literally not kidding. <laughs> it's, it's some like uh, like war holiday or something in, in, in Egypt, and they named a city after it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because you, you uh, October the 6th is uh, is you, and then there's uh, Jean-Christophe Leconte, who is also October the 6th, and then there's Chatterack, who's also October the 6th. Chatterack? Chatterack? Oh, where's, where's Chatterack been? He's gone. I think I, I don't know. I still I like to say his name. I love though. the way you say his name, though. Well, it's fun to say. I should also say uh, happy birthday on September the 19th, which may be belated or maybe upcoming, depending on when this airs, to Jonathan, a.k.a. Binkley. So I hope you had a good birthday or are about to have a good birthday, depending on when this airs. But the point is, happy birthday to all of you. Uh, you are all... God's children. I don't know what to fucking say. <laughs> God's children. Jesus Christ, Andy. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what if they're not religious? Uh, yeah. What if they're Satan's children? Uh, well, huh? shit. Well, pick one, Andy. What? <laughs> That's very bigoted of you, Andy. All right, fine. You're all Satan's children. Holy shit. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. <laughs> All right, well, listen, let's listen to some more music. We got to, we got a few more tracks to play before we go, and I want to get to all of them. 
Whose turn? Uh, I think it's your turn. Usually I'm pretty good at keeping count today. I'm fucking hopeless. Uh, (laughs) So there's a new track out from Joy Bishop. It's just a standalone track at this stage. I was actually meant to play it last time, but we kind of ran out of time. We were blabbering way too much. Mm. But uh, it's really good and it's worth playing. It's kind of a little funky. I love the guitar in there. The new one from Joy Bishop is called Reach. Awesome, and it is brought to you by my awesome PayPals. We're talking about Digital Dreams, Dan Williams, Russell Nyes, Timothy Warwick, and Jersey. And this is Droid Bishop with Reach. Thank you. 
And that was Droid Bishop with the track Reach. A cool song from a cool guy. I honestly don't know why he's not more famous than he is. He's one I of know, the right? most talented musicians right now. Yeah, no, he uh, he makes awesome music. It always makes me happy. And he's a cool guy yeah. to boot. He's super cool, yeah. Like uh, Dennis LaFunk and City Hunter. So I want to do some shout-outs to them. Dennis LaFunk's a cool guy. He uh, gave a nice uh, donation to uh, to Beyond Synth uh, last episode, and so I gotta I gotta remember to to say the name because this fucking Patreon list is all fucked up. And I wanted to say hi to City Hunter. I haven't talked to him in a while, so I hope you're doing okay, buddy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, and that's all I know. And I'm back here with Marco and Cameron, aka a star apart. Hey, Cameron, I got a question for you. H- yep. How did you find Synthwave yourself? How did you get onto the scene and the music? MySpace, actually. <laughs> what? I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had um, Kavinsky, Kavinsky's, uh, Tester, is it Testarossa? The, yeah. yeah. ZP or whatever. Yeah, the, the I had Wayfarer. Wayfarer was on my MySpace page. And I was like, how the hell do I find more music like this? And it took, I mean, it took years <laughs> of finding like FM Attack and like all those early guys doing it. Nice. It was a while, it, not until maybe 2015 or 2016, where I found there was like an actual kind of scene for scene, it. Yeah. There was the Future Synth uh, subreddit, which was posting a lot of good stuff, which I think is how I found Andy. Actually, because somebody posted, um, you, <laughs> Andy, you had a video of uh, of you dancing in a suit to Mainframe by FM eighty four. Um, what? I don't remember that. Yeah, 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 it was on. It was. It's on your YouTube page, or it was dancing to Mainframe. Mainframe by FM eighty four. Because I was like, what the hell? I love this song, and this guy knows what's what it is. Wait, isn't there? There's a video where I I lip sync one of the tracks, but it's one of the ones that Ollie sings on. Wild ones. There's definitely that. There's that. I don't remember doing anything to Mainframe. It was Mainframe. I remember it specifically. I mean, I love that song. I absolutely love that song. Well, I don't remember my own life, so there you go. I'm going to find this video now. <laughs> yeah. so, me too. I don't know what this is. <laughs> so, it was on your YouTube, babe, and somebody posted to the FutureSense subreddit, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I've got some creepy <laughs> neighbor who's been videotaping me surreptitiously. <laughs> no, it was edited really well, which is one of the things that... that uh, uh, gravitated that had me gravitate towards it. Well, thank you. See, coming from an assistant editor, that's high praise. Hey. <laughs> who works on Star Trek in the industry? You hear that, people? An actual industry professional. <laughs> what did you go to film school for? Well, I guess I don't know. Like, I love editing. Yeah, and I don't remember if I went in thinking that that was what I was going to specialize in. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people when they go to film school, it's like I'm going to be Steven Spielberg. Right. Yeah. I want to be directors. Like, I mean, I, I had already edited before, like in high school, we had like some, I think we had a primitive, like, mm-hmm. Christ, what program would have been? It was like, there was a program that came default with Apple's. Yeah. It was on the G3. Yeah. But I don't remember what it was. Was it Avid? Was it like a, like a. It was a rudimentary version of Avid, I think. Yes. And so it was literally like, there was only one audio channel, one video channel, yep. but you could have another audio channel if you recorded into the microphone. Right. And so I would add sound effects by playing them into the computer Mm -hmm. and recording with the microphone because that would (laughs) be yeah that's how i had to do it yeah and then i guess i just went to i don't know i i actually don't remember that's so weird i did on accident i I went to art school for 3d animation i you you walked in the wrong room yeah well i had to take a i had to take electives and one of them was film editing and i was like well i love doing this so i'm gonna switch to this I thought I was going to do animation. Yeah. And then when I discovered how much you had to do first, because I just wanted to go into 3D animation. A lot of drawing? Yeah. 
Yeah. I want to do 3D animation, and then they're like, okay, you can go to Seneca. Like, there's a, a school, like, mm-hmm. in, in Ontario that was, like, known as, like, the good one to, or maybe it was Sheridan. It was one of those two that, that had a really good 3D animation course, mm-hmm. but you had to, the prerequisite was a classic animation course first that you had to do, right. and that was, like, a, a either one or two year course of, like, classical drawing and stuff. Ugh. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I just want to do 3D animation. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm sure all of that stuff's very important, but, like, I wasn't interested. Right, yeah. In the same way that when I went to film school, I still was there on the cusp of they still wanted us learning to tape-to-tape edit. Oh, I had to do it, yep. I yep. was just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, when when they were, like, doing, like, oh, you, we, we're using fucking Media 100. I'm like, no. I'm not going to oh, f- fucking, fucking bother to learn 100. this. Exactly. Because I was like, it was so stupid because it's like we had all these systems yeah. with Final Cut on them. And they're like, well, we're going to learn Media 100 for the first semester. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? Like, what the fuck? And then, like, we're, like, recording stuff on VHS. I'm like, why? Like, it's going <laughs> digital. Like, this? this is stupid. Yeah. Mind you, I mean, as much as I appreciate the look of film and stuff like that, too, I never had any interest in cinematography and stuff. And I was really bad at it. Yeah. So I just preferred video. I was just like, look, man, I just want to make things. Like, I just, I want yeah. to film stuff and for it to be made. And I want to be able to see what I'm filming in the lens of the camera and for that to actually be what's on the tape. Honestly, it's such a godsend to not have to deal with celluloid. Yeah, man. Films, like, well, okay. Film is great. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And all my favorite films are filmed on it. Right. But at the same time, I personally, like, if you're doing comedy or silly videos and things like this, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you, no. what medium you're shooting on. And, and these days, uh, digital filmmaking has reached pretty much the same point, the same sort of latitude that you can get in film. It's so cool. Like, that was the thing when I, when we were going to film school was, like, was so frustrating because whenever we do film, and I remember, it's, like, it did happen where the cameras fucked up, where we were doing, right. like, our end-of-the-year projects. And one of the bags of film turned out to have a hole in it or something. Yeah. And then it got fucked up at the. No, no, no. It was it was that that or one of the one of the drums of the holding the film and one of the film cameras had like a scratch or a piece of plastic sticking in. So like it fucked up it a bunch of the entire. Yeah. So there's a bunch of people whose projects got fucked. Mm-hmm. Ours. I mean, our movie was dumb, but like. It fucked up a flashback <laughs> that was filmed, oh. and so the scratching kind of worked. Like, it just made it seem nice. like, oh, here's, like, an aesthetic decision that this flashback yeah. is, like, filmed with, like, fuzzy-looking scratches all over the place. Honestly, if you knew how much that happens in actual filmmaking all the time, how many fucking accidents get perceived as genius filmmaking, yeah, I'm sure. people would lose their minds. I think that's art in general, though. I mean, Yeah, that's the magic. Yeah. That's fucking uh, a movie magic, man. That's why, you, you know... What, what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> like, I got something profound here to say, I swear. Um, listen, I want to listen to another song. Yeah. We've been recording for a long time, so I want to get through these things because we're going to have to go soon. It's my turn, right? Yes, sure is. Then I want to listen to this one from Tyconic. This is a cool song from the uh, Driftliner album. And uh, I'm just going to do a random shout out to some patrons like uh, Martin Stonehouse and Junk Mail Jeff and Tom Hansen and uh, Seach. So uh, you guys are all awesome. Thanks for supporting the show. Check this out. This is Tyconic with While We Wait.
And that was Ty Connick with While We Wait from the album Driftliner. Brought to you uh, by uh, my awesome Patreon supporters. We'll do a little random shout-out here to, uh, how about Eric Soikins and Enrico Guili and Color Theory. Thanks for supporting the show. And I'm back here with Marco and Cameron, a.k.a. A Star Apart. This is one of the things, man. If you're a Patreon supporter in the $25 Club, you can come and join Marco and I. That's what we're doing today. But also... Cameron's a cool guy who makes music. So this is sort of like this episode's doing double duty. You know, it's like we got an artist guest and we, uh, we're we also doing a playlist show. You see, I'm killing two birds with one stone because I desperately love killing birds. And You don't have a lot of stones. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's the thing. You know, you... Uh, what am I doing? This is the part of the show where my brain shuts down. Um, <laughs> Marco, say something. I don't really have much to say, but uh, no, it's kind of cool having Cameron on the show and we're looking forward to having some other guests bring some excitement and get more people involved um it's always cool to get the supporters and the fans more involved in the show so i I think it's working out pretty good ah but i bet you none of them are assistant editors on star trek shows they're gonna (laughs) come here and i I hope not i I probably know them (laughs) 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 that's a good point now we're gonna get a lot of accountants that's what the the next few weeks are gonna be <laughs> or dentists? There's a dentist. I don't think there's any dentists that listen to this show. I don't, dentists have a lot of money. I just, I, they have a lot of money to throw around. So it's it's a common uh, investor in film. No shit. Well, fuck. I didn't know. Should I be? Yeah. I aiming this show at dentists? Probably. Yeah. One of the reasons it's they're common uh, for uh, film is because um, film is like a sexy thing to invest in, and dentists have a lot of money with nowhere to put it. Interesting. Well, that's good to know. I'm going to start. Uh, I don't know, making dentist friendly content. <laughs> Nine out of ten dentists recommend, recommend Beyonce. Nice. Yes. Fuck, I wish. Well, I will say there is um, one guy was commenting on my uh, my Instagram. There's a dude who runs a toy store. Nice. What the hell is it called here? I'm going to go on my fucking Instagram and see because he was, he was chatting. All the cool stuff. All the cool stuff on Instagram. And he's got a, a toy store in the UK and what the fuck, Fording Bridge? What the fuck is Fording Bridge? Sounds British. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this dude runs a toy store. I thought, that's cool. Says he listens to the show in his toy store, but has to turn the volume down when the kids come in. Yeah, because of all the cursing you do. Yeah, so I feel bad. Now, this episode, we've been talking about titties and... You fucking piece of shit. Yeah, so what, what <laughs> are we going to do? I apologize... I apologize to the story to, to the story store. The stories, <laughs> all the stories. Not <laughs> that <laughs> Talk to the Han. Let's make sure kids don't shoplift all the stories. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, look, man. The point is this: we've had a lovely time today. Is there is there something uh, we didn't talk about that you want to talk about, Cameron? Um. No. <laughs> no, everything's everything's great. <laughs> I've, 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 I've actually up. been, I've, I've honestly been dying to be on the show for so long because I've been listening Ooh. to it so long. It's it's such a, a fucking uh, great time to listen to your show. So I'm really appreciative. Well, listen, I like compliments, and I'm hoping that. Uh, I mean, I, I like to provide that sort of opportunity because, like, I have podcasts I listen to, and I sure. know that feeling. Yeah, like that's a thing where you just listen all the time. And it's like I want to join this, and so. Hopefully it's not disappointing for people when they see a peek behind the curtain and yeah. and see how the sausage is made. <laughs> and what a sausage oh. it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I remember there was this old, terrible, it was like a 70s uh, uh, erotic film. I think it was like a Ron Jeremy one. There was like this moment of, like the, of, of comedy where he's like, my sausage is burning. And then the camera like panned <laughs> over and there's like a sausage in a frying pan. Actually burning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like, there was yeah. like... 
next to the kitchen or something. Comedy gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, we were talking about sausages. That's why I said that. (laughs) (laughs) Marco, you got one more track, right? Sure do. Well, how about this? Let's play the final track of the show, and then we'll say goodbye to Cameron, and then I'll say goodbye to Marco, and then uh, that'll be that. Sounds good to me. Got a new track here from uh, a Swedish synth producer called John Dunder. He has got a new album out. Uh, it actually came out a couple of months ago, but it's really good. And the track I picked to play off it is the title track off the album called Glass Darkly. Awesome. And it is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Just a random shout out to awesome people like Stu Triple DM and Silent H and Russ Nyes and Zychorax. And uh, this is John Dunder with Glass Darkly.
Midnight, and that was John Dunder with the track Glass Darkly. And that's a cool song, and it's the last one of the show. We can wind down now. We listened to lots of awesome music today. We had fun. I'll do a random shout-out to some patrons like uh, 6.53 to Midnight and Nassi Dre and Chris Roberts. You guys are all cool. Thanks for supporting the show. You know, if you want to support the show like these awesome people, you go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or go to beyondsynth.com and click on the fucking PayPal button. (laughs) All right? There's a button there. And if you want to donate on PayPal, and you can even do a subscription thing on PayPal. There's a bunch of people that do that. If you don't like Patreon, either way, it's uh, really appreciated, and uh, that's my story about that. So, yeah, man, we can wind down. Do you have any final words, Marco? Um, honestly, I, I really don't. I can't think of anything that I haven't already said or something fucking cliche or cringe. So I'm going to say uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. It's been fun, you know? And Cameron, it's been lovely to uh, to get to know you. Where can people find the tunes of A Star Apart? Uh, anywhere, actually. Bandcamp, Spotify, uh, Apple. I'm, I'm on everything. I have DistroKid set to go to anything that provides music, so... I should, uh... I guess I have no reason to use Distro Kid, do I? Maybe, maybe I'll put out a song about titties, and then like, then I'll get on the Distro Kid bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe do they have something for podcasts? I don't know. Hmm. There's a lot I don't know. They distribute to things I have never heard of. Name one. I can't because I've never heard <laughs> of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's just a list of things. I'm like, yeah, sure. Put my fucking music on there. I put out a five-track EP uh, a couple weeks ago for free just because I just wanted to get music out there. Like, I don't care about making money off all my music, any of my music. The only reason I charge for it on Bandcamp is because I think if you make art, art has worth. And if somebody wants to pay for it, cool. No, man, I come from the days of Kazaa, man. You know, (laughs) fucking music should be free. (laughs) It's a human right. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah, I, I put out that uh, that last album because I, I just, you know, I wanted to get something out there to, for people to access and be like, oh, this is the kind of weird shit he makes. Maybe you want to listen to something else, <laughs> and you could listen to it for free on Spotify or Apple anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, what happened to the uh, the Neptune ninety track? Did you like repurpose them as a star apart, or did you just get rid of them? No, there's they're still on. I still have a Neptune ninety Bandcamp. I still get the email from Bandcamp that says this was last month's. Neptune 90 sales and it's a zero literally every month. (laughs) 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 Which is hilarious to me. I should see, I want to know what the, one of these days I will put out one of my stupid joke songs just to see. Because like, it's, I've dealt with Bandcamp for so long and buying people's music in the scene that, but I've mm-hmm. never seen what it looks like from the other side. Yeah. And so I feel like I just want to start a band camp just to see. Like, I just want to see what those emails look like. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm a curious boy. Yeah, they give you stats. They give you all kinds of things you can look at. Like, this is the last 30 days, how your music's tracking and everything. It's pretty cool. Well, sounds cool to me, man. You sound cool to me. <laughs> uh, well, look, listen. We're going to go now. It's been lovely uh, chatting with everybody. Uh, Cameron, you want to have some parting words? Uh, I just want to say thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. I've, I've been dying to be on the show, so it was a dream come true, Andy. Well, listen, thank you so much for supporting the show. It's, it wouldn't happen without uh, people like you. Viewers, Viewers like, like you. you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, no, it is, uh, It is. I, I do actually appreciate it quite a bit. I know sometimes my Patreon shoutouts might sound a little robotic or memorized or whatever but uh it is actually incredibly important and uh 
Yeah. Dude, they're actually real people. That's right. See? Flesh and blood. <laughs> I'm glad they're not all bots. That'd be really weird. <laughs> that would be super weird. I, I don't even know how I would respond to that. If someone's just like, you know all your fucking Patreon supporters are robots, like, but I've been receiving the money. So, like, <laughs> what? Hey, robots need money, too. Yeah, well, I guess. I don't know. Well, well whatever. I don't know. I've, now I've just opened up another fucking... Can of worms as we're saying goodbye. So listen, everybody, uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth. It's the best synthwave chat show there is. Go check out the music of a star apart. He's a cool guy. Go watch Star Trek Brave New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Strange. There it is. Strange. It's, uh, it's a good time if you like Star Trek. And if you really love Tolkien lore, go watch Lord of the Rings on Amazon. Um, it's... Uh, Sticks very, very, very closely to the Silmarillion. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? I read part of the thing is they don't actually have the rights to any of that shit. They don't. They don't have the rights to the word hobbits, which is why they're using Harfoots. Is it? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know. They can't say hobbit? Nope. That's a copyrighted word. Trademark word. What? Really? That's that's what I read. I don't, I don't know how true it is. Well, you might be right. The article I read, yeah. That's what they call them, Harfoots. So what do they own? They own, like, what, like a paragraph and like at the start of Lord of the Rings? Like, do they not even own Cimmerillion? Yeah, they own the word elf, maybe? I, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> anyway, okay, look, I, we gotta go. Like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you. Beyond Synth is made in partnership with your mom. <laughs> <laughs>